thanks to everyone for listening. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this was Panels to Pixels. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Good night. Welcome to Panels to Pixels. Uh, this is episode seven. We're continuing our episode views of the Punisher series. We're doing episode seven, Crosshairs. Uh, tonight we have Steve Brown. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Steve, and uh, again, we're looking at uh, episode seven. And uh, this was this for me. This was an interesting episode. I don't know about you, Mark. It was. Um, I, I mentioned in the last episode that it was kind of like episode six was kind of like a, a mid-season finale because we got a lot of we had a lot of things kind of close out and didn't really have any kind of to be continued moments except I think I forgot to mention uh, Lewis with O'Connor because we're left with Lewis in in the room with O'Connor and he's just knifed him and then we cut away uh, to the other storylines that kind of close out episode six and so when episode seven opens up we open right up with lewis washing up after the murder of uh, of o'connor and uh he he comes home and his dad he, his dad is there he wasn't he's not expecting his dad to be there and he's he's like shirtless and he's got a cut and uh, his dad seems almost cool about it like i mean he's kind of upset but not really doesn't want to and what did you think about that, Mark? Did you think was his dad kind of scared of him at that moment or just worried for him? I think he was concerned. Uh, like any parent, you're always concerned about your child. And he knew what his son had gone through overseas with the the war and everything. <clears throat> and my feeling is, uh, you know, considering what I've seen from my parents or anybody else who – is a parent that looks at their children that have gone through extremes. They're worried more or less for their child, not what the child is doing, but for their child themselves, whether they're in trouble or what they're going to do to themselves. So uh, the one thing that was the concern of the the father was, you know, he, you know, he kisses him, says he loves him, and then he, you know, the Sean goes downstairs, but at the last second, he sees the gun. On, in his back, behind, inside his pants. 
And that's the that's one big clue. And you could see a little bit of fear and and a little bit of concern with the father. But he doesn't, you know, he doesn't say anything. He just lets Sean go downstairs and do his thing. But yeah, we, I didn't. Yeah, go ahead. No, no. Like I said, like I was gonna say, it's like you do see that later on, and he does convey that during uh, the Muhammad Ali match that he was rewatching from like 1974. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that that he noticed the gun. That was one of the things that I that I was really kind of struggled with because that he didn't notice uh, the gun. But if uh, if you think he did, that that kind of changes a little bit. But he's he is a little on the nose about what's going on because he does say, you know, before he gives him or as he's giving him the pills to to let it help him sleep, he says, "I don't want you to hurt yourself or someone else." And uh, so he, he's he's kind of on the nose about the fact that his son is, is struggling with this. So uh, it was it was kind of nice to pick up there. I think that's the first time we've we've picked up a uh, episode with a non micro or Frank cold open. Uh, I, I have to go back and rewatch them all. But I think that's the first time we've seen somebody besides uh, one of the two of them in a, in a cold open. Um, the other thing we have going on in this episode is we have um, uh, Micro and Frank are discussing uh, this attack that Frank is going to is going to pose is going to happen on this or going to uh, attack this military compound where they have discovered the Colonel Bennett, who was the funeral director in Kandahar. They've discovered where he was. Micro's done his credit card checking and uh he he knows we find out later in the episode what what's going on and obviously micro uh already knows because he kind of chuckles that you know he's going to be tied up or he's going to be busy uh like like that uh, that kind of thing and they're discussing attacking this compound and uh, we almost get a, a moment of some animosity between Frank and Micro, when Micro says something about your don't let your blood get up and and just kill him, and Frank's like, oh, is that how it is? Maybe you should do it. And yeah. I, I liked that moment though when when Micro gets very like almost like a, a whipped puppy a little bit, but at the same time he's also humbling and telling Frank, Frank, I don't, I know I can't do what you, what do. you do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of love that line. Yeah. Same here. I, I that was the one thing that I, that was a takeaway from that, mm-hmm. uh, it, and it to me it's kind of like the uh, I don't know the whole if you watch him you know cooking for Frank, it's kind of like the mother son kind of talking to at making dinner. Uh, that that's that's what I could equate from it from my family being it's yeah like, you know it's like Frank being the obstinate child and <laughs> and micro being the one trying to talk sense into him and you know and it, it's a good relationship that they have but the one thing that uh, micro understands and what frank realizes is that they're there for each other and, yeah and at the end of that whole um take back when they're they're going back and forth at the very end, you do realize they both understand that between themselves. They they do respect each other at some point, and they do uh, respect each other's callings as far as what Frank does and what Micro does. 
Exactly. Yeah, because I think Frank recognizes uh, this is the episode where, where Frank kind of recognizes that he can't do what Micro does. Micro can't do what he does, but he can't do what Micro's doing either with as far as tracking the guy down. And uh, when he, he, he takes the cell phone in and he's kind of – he has to delay his attack. He can't just kill these guys in the room because it has to go a certain amount of seconds so that Micro can get the information he needs off from Bennett's phone, which I thought was uh, – that was another interesting – uh, back and forth between the two of them later on, that fact that they realize that Bennett was being used as bait, but they knew that. Yeah, you know, and so they kind of turn the tables on on uh, Rollins, the Agent Orange guy, because they they find him, they find where he is, and uh, Frank finally gets that moment when he. Uh, has a chance to kill him and discovers that he's behind bulletproof glass, which uh, that was another one of those things that was kind of interesting to me. The fact that, that they didn't know enough about this safe house. You would think that before uh, he sent Frank in there, they would have had a better idea unless they really didn't think. And this is kind of what I thought it actually is the is the answer to my question. They didn't think that Rollins was actually there. They thought they were just going to get another link into the chain to Rollins from that house. I mean, is that what you think or what do you? That's what I thought, too. Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah, because he looked surprised when he saw him through the sniper scope. Yeah, definitely. He was just like, what the hell is he doing here? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But. Yeah. Uh, the other thing we have going on in this episode is uh, Madani uh, realizes that her her office uh, is bugged. Oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> that's another interesting exchange that I, I I kind of went away, kind of scratching my head a little bit. Uh, and this kind of goes into my my top. Actually, I'll just leave that for my top five when we when we get there. Um, I thought that was pretty funny, though. To, not to cut you off, but. Uh... The, the fact that she has that with her coworker and the coworker is getting all nervous and thinking, oh, you're in cahoots with Billy Russo. And you yeah, know, it's like, what's going on here? And you do realize and he is alive, isn't he? And it's like, oh, my goodness. And then, yeah. And then she she kind of conveys some sort of information in the hallway while they're talking to each other. And uh, yeah, it's kind that of was interesting. a nice little you know, buddy conversation between her and him. There was before they discovered the bug that they're out in, in the in, in the hallway and he keeps saying, you know, he keeps saying, why are we not in your office? Like, I think two or three times he says, why aren't you in your office? And then they had that moment. And I, I thought it was so cool to, to and I didn't put this in my top five, but I probably should have uh, that moment of their partnership when they so smoothly go into the lie, or he, or at least he realizes when that the other guy is walking past, and she suddenly changes. She, I mean, she changed her tone, she changed her diction, she changed everything in the conversation too. And then he had my hand, his hand on my ass, saying, "Oh, look, it's a perfect fit. Like we're still in the seventies." And he picked <laughs> right up on it. And uh, and uh, then when the guy gets when the guy no, has passed way. and out of earshot, um, they go right back into. Their conversation. Uh, I thought that was so cool. The way that was so smoothly done, and those two actors uh, did that so well. It, it makes me wonder how many takes they had to do, or if it was if it was uh, really that smooth. 
yeah. uh, just in in one take. Yeah, it's something that fluid, just to be like, all right, let's let's move into this. How many times did they actually had to rehearse that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like I said, it, it didn't occur to me until like the second or third time watching it. But really, she she changes her tone, her and everything just oh, yeah. all of a sudden and he follows suit uh, i thought that was a a really kind of interesting scene especially then when when he asks was that true and what did you do and she's like well i broke his finger and she, he's like okay good so <laughs> yeah because he realized okay this is the truth yeah yeah <laughs> you gotta love those things too but uh, and also when he starts off the conversation about how every pretty boy meaning billy russo <laughs> yeah exactly. and then brings up how he's like oh you're gonna sleep with him again <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's 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 really good and and uh even when when russo is having his conversation with rollins later on uh there's a little bit of a back and forth with them but i'll, I'll get into that in, yeah in about a that whole situation too is it's like oh yeah i'll sleep with her again <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly um was there anything i've missed is that uh pretty well, there's also the end, but uh, the the stunning end where it's that, you know, Frank takes the shot and it's not Morty, it's William at the window. Yeah. At first thought when you see it hit the window and he's standing there, you're thinking he's getting shot in the head. And then it's not. It's bulletproof glass. And yeah. He, and he's just standing there looking. And then Frank just like kind of gathers up and leaves real quick. And that was the end. Yeah, that was another one of those one of those curious scenes that that kind of and like I said, it it kind of makes me wonder, like you said, and I think they did they didn't expect to see Rollins there. They didn't expect to see Agent Orange there, and so Frank is surprised, and he takes the one shot, um, and then all the lights come on, and I think what's interesting is we see something from Frank here. That shows at least he's starting to get to where he's not – it's not totally about revenge. He understands that Micro wants to get back with his family, and in order to do that, they have to make some sort of – they have to expose these people. You can't just kill them and because if, if all it was was killing, then he would have just kept shooting because he would have known that – especially because the guy kept standing there – Maybe the second or third bullet might have penetrated that glass. I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a, a expert on bulletproof glass or anything, but it just it just seemed a little puzzling to me that you know all the lights come on and Frank here's the guy in front of him. This is the this is the top guy. This is the guy that is in charge of, as far as he knows, the the top guy in the operation. He's the guy that I ultimately want to get rid of, and he just packs up and, and books it out. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was a little little strange, but at the same time, it shows that he wants to do more than just revenge. Yeah, exactly. It, there's something else going on in there, and, and it's yeah. making Frank think, if you think about it, because why would he just ru- up and run, and that's the person he wanted? And mm-hmm. he did take a shot, and he di- wasn't expecting you know, Agent Orange to be there, so. Right, exactly, exactly. It's like, what the, okay, that was the person I needed, but then he hightails it out there. What's up, yeah. what's up with that, you know? Yeah, and I can't get to him. So it's it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't remember. It's It's been so long now since I watched all of these. Uh, I don't remember exactly. How, I mean, I, I, I know how it ends, but I don't know exactly how we get to that 
point. Yeah. Uh, and so it's it's going to be interesting to to watch these next uh, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, five or six episodes. Yeah. Uh, uh, to see where they go from here. Um, yeah, that that's that. You know, this was quite an interesting episode, considering like, like you said before in the last episode, you were saying it was more or less like it's mid-season finale, and mm-hmm. then this would take up where it left off. But if you binge watch it, it's one straight hole through, you know, right. movie, and that would be the midpoint, kind of yeah. your Empire oh. Strikes Back between you know Jedi and. New hope. I did. I did forget one thing that we uh, and I, I. I started to put in my notes because I did remember what happens with this. But we do. You mentioned the whole Muhammad Muhammad Ali uh, George Foreman uh, fight, and I, I thought that was another really interesting scene between Lewis and his dad when they're they're watching that fight. Mm-hmm. And the, the the first question he asks is, "How old is this?" And I, I think he said seventy four. Yep. Um, and uh, I, I mean, obviously, I I, I was a kid. I, I don't remember. <laughs> I, yeah, I, um, but I, I I've heard enough about that fight to know how important that was and how iconic that moment is, you know. And so, one of the things that he says there in that whole exchange that his dad says to him is he says, uh, Maha- "Ali changed his tactics, but Foreman didn't, and that's why Ali was able to win." And then we see. Lewis at the hardware store and he's buying all these these things uh, that at first we don't know what they are and we don't know what they mean. And then when we see him back at O'Connor's house, I'm assuming he's in O'Connor's house because there's O'Connor's body wrapped in the the shower curtain yeah. um, over his shoulder. He's building something. And uh, obviously, he's building something that is either some sort of explosive device or IED or something that we don't know what he's going to do with. Uh, But uh, it's interesting that he's now changing his tactic uh, kind of thing. But we don't know what his target is. Exactly. And then, you know, when I I watched that, it just kind of brought memories and thoughts of what happened in Boston. With mm-hmm. the, the kettle bombs and what those guys were making. And it just, it seems so familiar in what it looked like. And it's so disturbing. You know, yeah. it's like putting all those screws, bolts, and anything metal, and then putting plastic and, or, or homemade plastic. Because right. it looked like you had gunpowder inside there with a timer mm-hmm. and something that, t- that would trigger it. And then he had all this other stuff. Now, mind you, I would never know how to make anything of this, but I knew what it was when he was making it. And I was right. Like, right. And I I'm was, the same way. I, I wouldn't know how to put something like that together, but I, I, I can see the different uh, implements and go, Oh, I know how eventually I know what the end product of these implements are. Yeah. And, you it, know? and it was just like, Oh no, that that's not good. Because yeah. you don't know if it's for the good or for the bad, because his mind is so far gone, and it's pushed. Yeah, so we and there's nobody really there to watch him except his father at this point because Billy has kind of dropped his thought of trying to help him or keep him in the program anymore. He, he, right. he just tossed him. And, and we didn't get to see Curtis. We didn't get to see Curtis this episode, so we don't know what Curtis is doing either. So yeah, a lot of this had 
some interesting aspects to the episode and a lot of disturbing stuff and then a lot of curious stuff in my opinion like with Frank and then mm-hmm. and it more inquisitive based upon Frank and Micro and how they re- interact with one another and yeah. and basically honestly with Madani and Russo and what their relationship is so I'm thinking that Madani at this point is trying to pry Russo for any information but not keep him too close but keeping him close enough to get what she needs out of him for information and then he's just there going oh, i'm just there having a good time right <laughs> you know right and, and and she doesn't know what we know that he's working with rollins you know um she she doesn't know that so she thinks that she's simply using him for information about Frank, she doesn't know that he's actually working it because he wants to kill Frank. You know, she she thinks, oh, he's trying. He's my confidential informant kind of thing. I think he even uses that term in one of the episodes. What am I just a CI that you're sleeping with? Um, something like that. So I think I said that in the last episode is they're kind of both working each other, and and that's what uh, actually let's. Uh, so this this is kind of goes right into a couple of my top fives. So that's okay. Yeah, we'll get into that soon. But go ahead. Um, I I just I just find it interesting that these two are working each other, uh, thinking that the other one doesn't know what's going on. Like and and she I don't like I, said, I don't think she knows that he's working for Rollins, but I don't necessarily think that he knows that she's actually kind of coming after Rollins in a way. He thinks she's just looking for Frank Mm -hmm. because of Kandahar, but she doesn't realize how much she actually knows about more of this stuff. Yeah, it it seems to me like with the relationship between both of them is pretty much almost like a dance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like who's going to do what first and where do you go, who's leading, and who's going to be, you know, who's going to follow and then I'll lead you here, and then I'll lead you there. So it, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of an interesting uh, turn of events with, with that whole relationship. So uh, with that, we should get to our top five. Let's do that. So my number five is Frank's Code. We've talked a little bit about this before, but we we keep saying that we don't really understand it and i think we get to see a a piece of it here when he's discussing with micro this uh this attack on the the compound where bennett is is being held um and it's a military base or it's a military compound and he says i'm gonna have to go up against soldiers and micro says something about don't kill and then we we have that scene in the tunnel where he shoots the guy, I think, in the shoulder. He shoots the, the soldier, and then he comes back and gets in the van and he says, It's I just it's easier killing people. It's easier to just kill people. And and so we get to see this code, but then he also realizes that these soldiers are loyal to a guy who they don't know what he was doing over in Kandahar. They don't know that he's a sleaze bag drug smuggler. Whether whether he was being forced to do it by uh, Rollins and, and whoever or not, he still was making money off from shipping drugs in the bodies of dead soldiers. 
And these guys are protecting him, but they don't know what he had done. They just know our mission is to protect this guy. Yeah, and on top of that, Frank is afraid to actually kill or, like, he mentions it to Micro at some point where he goes, I don't want to kill these guys. Mm -hmm. And he he makes it a point, and then there's that scene where the soldier is like, got his gun towards him, and, and Frank's just like, just wait, breathe, and no, and then, you know, Frank didn't really want to shoot him, but... It wound up happening that, but normally with Frank, he would just turn around and just start shooting and not care. Right. So exactly. Yeah, and and to me that was a, a very pivotal, you know, scene as far yes. as like who he has started to become. You know, it, before right. it was like shoot first, think last. You know, you right? Know? <laughs> it's like oh, I'm going to shoot you first, and oh, what happened? You know, it, it's like. He he realizes that these guys are on a mission, but they they don't know what their mission is exactly. What you were you know stating right. before, so it, it's it's really good for the fact that you actually see Frank's progression and understanding, and then Micro's influence on him too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and and it's just again this code that Frank is maybe maybe it's better to say he's starting to develop. He's starting to figure out his code. He he didn't really have a code before. He's starting to figure out this code. He's starting to figure out that there's a gray area. It's not just black, black and white. white. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. My feeling was that too. But I think he always knew what was right and what was wrong. But mm-hmm. now it's just somebody else that's influencing him in the right way. Maybe yeah. it's because his wife always grounded him and his kids always grounded him to being good when he was overseas because right. it, it, I'm not saying take it back and rewind and go back and watch uh, the flashbacks with his son when he takes his son and, you know, the son starts stating about, you know, you got to get rid of all those towel heads and, this yeah. and all those jihads, uh, you know, and he just takes it out angrily on him, you know, and there was a point to it, but his family always grounded him. Now, for a time that he came back and he was the Punisher from, let's say, the last part of that Daredevil season up until Mm -hmm. the beginning of this new Netflix show, he he was just a loose cannon. He was out there for revenge. He was doing this. He started bringing back his humanity and uh, he needed somebody to bring that back to him. And it's funny, too. We talk about Karen. And she's not been around, but Micro has been. Micro mm-hmm. has been that person that's been there that's guiding him and the confidant that he needs and a friend that he needs to, to get him back to humanity and to give him that code, pretty much, in my okay. opinion. But, you know, that that was my thought. Okay. All right. Well, what was your number five? Uh, my number five was uh, Lewis continuing in his descent. Uh that whole scene with his father, um, you know, hugging him and telling him about, hey, when, you know, when your mother passed and I, I couldn't sleep. I remember the nightmares and you couldn't sleep all night long. The doctor gave me these pills. Hands him the pills. Please take them. He did take one. And then, um, you know, and then he gives him that hug. and But he gives him that, that hug and that kiss. And then, he you know, 
he goes down Lewis goes down into the uh into the basement and he's got the gun still there. And you could see yeah. you could still see the wound on it on his side too. Yeah, and that was what we talked about earlier because it was it was one of those things where I, I kind of went back and forth with that whole scene. In fact, in, in my notes, even my, my synopsis notes, I went kind of back and forth on what I thought of his dad in that scene because on, on one hand, his dad seems kind of oblivious to the fact that wait a minute, he has no shirt, he's got this cut, he's obviously upset, he's carrying a gun, so obviously something has happened here. That's not normal. You know, something has happened here that that maybe you should ask him some questions, you know, not just, oh, you're going to catch your death, get some coffee. Hey, where's your shirt? Why do you have a cut? What happened? And I, and I don't know if maybe he was he was afraid of his of Lewis at that point of his son because he thought, well, if I do ask him these questions, he's going to. You know, he's going to kind of go off on me or was it just a, a, a failing in his part that, hey, I'm, I'm on my way out to work. Let me see if I can get him to at least get some sleep. And he makes a comment about the hole in the backyard, but doesn't really pursue that either. And we also know if I if I'm maybe misremembering this, but he I think he had a rifle that he was sleeping with yes, in that right. hole. Yeah. As well, yeah. So he's got more than just that pistol, and you know, of course, then he we see him go downstairs and you know put the gun in his mouth, and but then not not kill himself, and and so yeah, he has this descent, and then he makes this jump, and again, we don't know what his target is yet. Yeah, to me, it, it seems like. He's jumping further into the fire, mm-hmm. and exactly, yeah, he just keep going further in, and uh, the father is very concerned, like any parent should, like I said before. But the thing is, is that he's not stopping him, and yeah. I, I think that's going to come out later on. Uh, if I I can't really recall because I'm doing a rewatch just as you are, yeah, and there's only so much that that's in between. You can only remember what's going on between Frank. But not all the little nuances that go on on with all the other characters, and yeah. That, that develop into the whole structure of the story. Uh, well, we always remember the uh, the pivotal points, and, right? Yeah, and then you know, then, then I, I can't. I can say this without without giving anything away. Uh, if someone is is watching it episode by episode, I I know that it does come out, but I seem to recall even when it does come out. We still don't get all the connections. We don't. There's a lot that happens outside of the episodes to get us to certain points, and that I remember that being my thought, at least in my initial watch. So I'm I'm excited to see the next episode, and, and what I may do tonight is just as soon as we get done podcasting over this episode i'm probably going to go ahead and watch the next one my do my first rewatch of the next one for next week or or uh, whoever is on with the next episode so yeah we, we don't know exactly uh who's going to be on next week so uh you're always there avelina actually offered up so but whoever's coming on most definitely but uh like i always said you're more than welcome you seem to be more intrigued in the idea of doing this 
So, I'm I'm loving it, man. So you know, my feeling is keep you on as much as I can. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, it it's always like whenever you do a rewatch and you haven't watched it a while, kind of like I, I rewatched Westworld and there was a lot of things in that show that I didn't realize before. That's another big one that I'm I'm working on rewatching, but I just started rewatching Legion as well and I'm getting caught up on that and uh I'm excited for that's coming out uh the next season in April. So I'm uh uh yeah, there's a lot of stuff and we're we're in this the, the as, as as horrible as it says, the Olympics is kind of giving me a break to where I'm able to go back and watch some things <laughs> that uh that I didn't get to to rewatch before. Um, all right, so my number four okay. is is kind of a question, and it, it, it plays into a little bit what we were talking about, but it, did Russo, does he know that Madonna's office is bugged? Because, and here's my thinking on it, if, if I can try to, to articulate this well, uh, if he didn't know, that means that Rollins kept it from him uh, and uh, if he did know, that means he kind of gave it away when he walks out of her office and says something about uh, anybody could be listening or nobody. I think he says something like, well, we can say whatever we want. Nobody's listening. And and that's I think it's I think that's what he says. And that's the phrase that kind of sets her eye, her idea about the office may be bugged. So if, if he didn't if he did know, he just gave it away by that. Uh, offhanded remark um but he he also says to rollins rollins says have you met with madani and he says you know i met with her yeah but then but then rollins asks if you're still if he's still sleeping with her and that was part of that whole conversation that they had just had in the bugged office was that he wants to continue doing the sex thing you know, they, 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 they're using euphemisms for it. And then as he's walking out the door, yeah. you know, I'm talking about the sex thing, right? And she's like, yes, I know you're talking about the sex thing. So I, I went back and forth on this. Did he know the office is bugged? Does he not know? Does he – I'm just not sure. And then, like I said, his conversation with Rollins kind of makes it seem like he's – he knows the office is bugged at the same time. They're well, having a locker room kind of talk about it. I don't know. My my feeling that, about that whole conversation with uh, Rollins and and Russo is that Russo knew that it was bugged. Rollins doesn't know that Russo knows that it's bugged. And okay. And then what Billy did was state to Madani uh, as he was walking out, kind of like, "Yeah, you're being bugged okay. in, a, in a slight okay. way." That was my theory on that, but that that actually makes sense. So that would that would mean that Russo has put it together without being told by Rollins. He's just put it together that that office must be bugged because with Rollins finding out about Castle and Rollins finding out about Gunner, yeah. Okay, that actually makes some sense to me that that could be that that could be what it is and that Russo maybe is playing Rollins to a certain extent yes. then as well. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a whole game. It's Interesting. Like, yeah. It's a whole game. And, and I started realizing that and I'm like, Hmm, okay. It's like, this is like all manipulation at this point with the three. And, and that. that does, that does make sense. That does make sense that Russo is, is, uh, 
way more involved. So I, I like it. I'll, I'll take it. I think that's a, I think that's a good assumption. So yeah, my number four was uh, Frank and David's or, or micros talk about the plan, and mm-hmm. you know, and David thinking Frank's out for Billy for you know more than Agent Orange. Uh, it seems like you know Micro is thinking that Frank is just there <clears throat> at, on a vengeance again, uh, just to get Agent Orange. It's like, oh, I have to get to him, kind of like uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy when you you know when uh, Batista's character is like, oh, it's like, no, it's really Thanos. So I have to go after you know, right? It's like it's one right. of those things. Like I already got this person, but no, it's really him. If you watch the scene, Micro is looking into it and going, oh, darn. It's like, you're not really there. Are you going to do this? Just kill people. And then they were, you know, it was kind of like that whole parental thing. He was making him dinner. He was, you know, yeah. dicing up the onions and mashing it up, making, you know, a nice pasta and all that good stuff. And and they're having that conversation. And then Frank comes around and, you know, they had that exchange about, you know, Frank being a little defensive it's like oh well do you want to go in there do you want to do what i do and he and then you know like you were saying before uh <clears throat> david's like no i can't do what you do i just want to make sure that you're gonna do what we need to do and do the right thing you know right because because he, he needs him he needs him not to kill bennett that's important because if he kills bennett then it stops there but they need him to not kill Bennett so that Bennett will take them to the next Love. the next step, the yeah. next yeah, the next level. Um, of course, I think I really think their thinking was that it wasn't gonna be Agent Orange. It was gonna be somebody else before they got to the next the next guy. So I, I think you're right uh in that in that respect. And uh, that kind of is is kind of my number three was the whole Frank and Micro uh partnership. there that we're seeing um they have that conversation where micro you you see the fact that micro is starting to realize that hey we could actually do this we could we can expose this ring we can get the information to madani uh of course micro thinks russo is okay he's a good he thinks russo is a good guy because frank thinks russo is a good guy Mm -hmm. and so they they think they can use all this to expose Rollins and Rollins, you know, is about to be named the whatever it was. His immediate boss is going to become the head of the CIA and Mm -hmm. she's going to make him her right hand man or something like that. She said, and she asked him in an early episode, is there anything that's going to get dredged up? And that's really where all this is kind of going is try to cover up all the stuff that happened in, in Kandahar. And so micro is starting to see we can expose all this, get these guys out in the open, and then I can return home. And he says he they had that whole conversation about he says, What am I gonna do? Am I just gonna walk up to the door and go, Here I am, I'm alive. Um, and how are they gonna <laughs> react to that? And uh I thought it was really interesting too when Frank gave uh him the whole speech about don't tell her about the cameras. And and then Micro makes a curious question. He goes, oh, you know about the cameras? 
What, did Frank <laughs> has Frank not been walking around your your shop this whole entire time, seeing what you're doing? Has Frank not stared into these cameras at your house that you didn't already know that Frank knows? It just that was a weird. Like I don't know if maybe they filmed it out of order uh, and and edited because I've praised them for their editing before, but I don't know if that particular scene maybe got edited in from somewhere. But uh, it just seemed a little weird that he's like, oh, you know about the cameras. Of course he knows about, about the, the cameras, cameras. <laughs> you know. Um, but then, you know, I said he makes a point to tell Micro, don't tell her about the cameras because she'll cut your nuts off or whatever, <laughs> something like that that he, that he says. So, uh, yeah, that uh, I, I love that that was your number four because, like I said, that goes right into my number three is their their whole partnership, <laughs> that discussion about killing, that discussion about uh, the fact that Micro says I've never – I've not killed anyone. And uh, – that was another one of those interesting talks that we don't – you don't ever – you rarely see that in these shows because we normally, as viewers, we only see the operator's side of it. If you watch uh, the TV show Taken, that's what they, they keep calling these guys like Frank. They're the operator. And uh, you only see that side of it. You don't see the side of it. Of the other person, the the person who's not the operator, who's handling the operator, not actually getting their hands dirty. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, like the operatives. If you look, if you think about it, like James Bond or things like that, they mm-hmm. always have somebody that's following them, giving them information and things. Exactly. Like that. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, that was cool. So that was my number three. So what was your number three? Uh, uh, the the funny bit with uh, Frank's intrusion with the dominatrix and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't get that. I let's do, I'll do a sidebar on that one. I don't get that whole. I, I don't like pain. I don't. Yeah, the last thing I want is for somebody to be hurting me. But that's a whole another <laughs> thing. Yeah. But go ahead. No, no, I just thought it was humorous. I'm like, oh, my God, you just, the first thing that you do is he winds up showing up, and he's in the middle of getting beat up and having fun with it. And Now, mind you, it's like Frank's ready there to do some pain for his own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I thought that whole, that whole scene is just it, – it's just weird when they're sitting down at dinner and you just think, oh, okay, and we don't know that she's really an escort. Or a, a, a call girl, whatever uh, she was at that point. We know that 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 Micro has said he entertains yeah. on this night, <laughs> and uh, then Micro made that little joke about he's going to be tied up or something like that. And we see them at the dinner table, and they're having what seems to be a, a normal, polite conversation over dinner. And then she just pours out the champagne and he gets on hands and knees and starts licking it up. But I'm just like, what is going on? Well, you need that sort of levity at least, I guess. <laughs> in the, and he shows at times, uh, and it's usually adult levity. You're not going to let a yeah. little kid watch this, <laughs> but right. I, I found it humorous in the sense of like, Oh my God, really? <laughs> I don't go into that, but Oh my God, <laughs> it's just funny watching it. Um, yeah. At the very end of that though, it's like Billy wind up hitting Frank. In the end. Yeah. And he winds up, you know, getting shot. And... Yeah, that's that's another one of those interesting things that I think um I think what we find out in the in the I think and I maybe I'm I don't want to jump too far ahead. There's a point where Frank starts to realize that Russo may be more involved in this 
than he thought. Yeah, than he thought because he's starting to to meet these these commandos that are trained uh, just as well as as he is. And uh, so, yeah, that that fight was a little was a little interesting. And then the fact that we we talked about uh, Frank's code earlier. But one of the things he did in that tunnel, and I don't know if it was maybe to try to get the kids trust or what, but he takes his mask off. He had the ski mask on and he takes it off before the kid, uh, you know, starts to to uh, threaten to shoot him. So I think he was trying to to give the kid a chance to, to back off and, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also Bennett, you know, Bennett realizes that, uh, did he take his mask off or did Bennett just realize who he was because he knew that was the guy coming? I think he just, he knew that was the one that was the guy coming after him was Frank Castle. He knew that it was Frank. And then when I, I don't think, uh, Bennett knew that it was Russo that was there. No, not until not until uh, not later. Not end, until he yeah. comes in yeah. afterwards, and uh, and then and um, this and this in fact goes right into uh, kind of my number two a little bit. Um, the exchange that they have in the office. Yeah, the exchange they have in the office, and just the fact that that whole plan to track Rollins worked, like that that or to track Bennett, it actually worked. Like you you would think if. And and the only reason I, I put in my notes that 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 whole thing worked the whole uh, sinking of the cell phones so they could track uh, Bennett's cell phone to get to the next the next level is because they don't realize or they don't know that Frank is working with some sort of tech savvy person because yeah. otherwise that would have been their first thought when Frank just hightails it out of there. That they go, okay, maybe he planted a bug or he did something and then not, you know, not, uh, not have that, that contact, not, not let, uh, Bennett bring his phone or, or something like that. You think they would have realized because, you know, the, the girl is the one who announces he's here and that's when Bennett realizes that he was, being strung out as bait, which I thought was interesting that uh, the last episode, episode six, was titled The Judas Goat, and they talked about how they use a goat to lead the sheep to slaughter, and uh, Bennett actually says, you had me trussed up like a goat. Uh, and I thought that was interesting that he used that same terminology when he was when he was talking, or Bennett uh, said he was trussed up like a goat. They had him out bait on bait uh, as bait. Uh, so I thought I thought that whole exchange there in the office when he got mad and then and uh, I, I don't know about you but as soon as the as soon as uh, Rollins Agent Orange started talking about oh it's finally time for you to retire I knew he was dead I they were gonna, <laughs> there was there was no way they're not gonna let you go to Costa Rica with all your money come on okay <laughs> you know um, you've already shown yourself to have these proclivities and uh, that somebody's gonna be able to get to you so yeah you're you're a dead man so <laughs> <laughs> as as I think that went right in get dead <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly and he's so surprised when he when he when he turns over the the covers of the bed and he sees the woman there and her throat is slit and he's like what is this and <laughs> we get to see russo's uh fancy little knife and 
I, I thought that was interesting, and, and we're going to have to see. I don't remember if if they uh, if they talk about it in the next episode or not. But you know, you would think that would be a kind of a scene where Russo would want to set up like maybe a murder suicide kind of thing, yeah, and and not leave it open to suggestion. So I don't remember how that whole scene how that plays out, or if they even talk about it in in future episodes. But that that surprised me a little bit. That Russo didn't like shoot him in the head with his own gun, yeah. or or something of that uh, of that nature. So really, that, my number two was just the whole thing um, with Bennett and how they were going to track him to get to the next guy, and just the fact that it worked, and then how that all played into everything else. So yeah, all right. So I guess that goes to my number two, huh? Your number two. <laughs> yep. Uh, that would be Billy taking out uh, Morty, Mister Bennett. Yeah, you know that that was uh, kind of like you know you you kind of predicted it yourself with what you do, were just saying. It's like yeah, as soon as you open your mouth, yeah, you're retired. Yeah, <laughs> well, Billy just retired you. But the thing was, is within the same instant and at that same moment, which goes to my number one, <clears throat> uh, you got uh, you got Agent Orange at the window. You know, mm-hmm. just after that, within the same house. The fact that, you know, Billy just comes out and just takes out Morty. You know, it's yeah. like Nuff said, done. And that's it. Now we have Well was that was that in the house? Was that were they in the same house that Frank had tracked them to, or did he had I think he had taken Morty to a separate location and just Frank they had tracked I think they had tracked Bennett's phone to that house because remember they have that whole discussion about the fact that that's a that's a CIA micro says that's a CIA safe house. I don't know anything about it. That's what it was. That's why Frank was there with the sniper rifle, uh, um, because because he says I need some. Uh, I think he said he needs needed some reconnaissance of it or something something of that nature. And and so I don't I don't think that's where Morty was killed. I think I think uh, because remember he he said Russo is going to take you to a another location where you'll you'll wait until we can get you out of the country and then remember they walk into the hotel room and morty says i hope i'm not in here too long because this this wallpaper is going to make me want to kill myself or something like that uh, and yeah you're right and yeah uh, so i think they were at a, a totally separate uh location when that when that whole thing occurred but that it is it is interesting that we're seeing and this plays directly into uh, well, not directly. This plays into one of my notes, actually, uh, not my number one, but um, just the idea of how deep into this Russo is. Yeah, yeah. You know, the fact that that Agent Orange is is leading this to him, and and so it's really tying them together in a way because now Billy has something on Rollins because Rollins has ordered Bennett Bennett's death, and. Rollins has something on Russo because he knows that Russo is the one that killed Morty. Which also paints a larger target onto Billy now. Exactly. If you think about it, it's just like it's all adding up and Frank's like, well, I have to take out Billy now. Yeah, sooner or later, Frank's going to figure out that that Billy's involved in this. And uh, that's kind of that was in my notes was uh, kind of how far back does Billy go in this in this operation, has he been involved ever since Kandahar? Because 
I, I think there was a there was a whole during that uh, one of those talks with Rollins. He talks about the fact that the only reason you have Anvil is because of me. You you'll no longer get the money. You'll no longer get the government contracts and all that. So it almost it almost seems like Rollins is saying, "I got you into the the company that you're in," and so it makes me wonder if Billy was involved all the way back to Kandahar. Um, my number one was, uh, we've, we've talked extensively about him, but that was my number one was Lewis's dad. Um, yeah, just the fact that he, that it, it really seems like he really wants to help his son, but he can't, he doesn't know how to help him. He doesn't know what to, what to do to help him. You know, he, he gives him those pills and even though he knows that's not the answer, giving just giving him his prescription of pills from however many years ago it was or whenever it was before that the mother passed away, but he's he's trying to help. He just doesn't know how. And that was uh, that was kind of my number one. He actually tries to explain that to him uh, during the fight. He goes, I don't know how to help you. Yeah, I'm here. Basically, in a nutshell, is what he's saying is, I'm here. Even Lewis was like, what is fighting and this and that and the other? And then they were trying to, to, Lewis was trying to say, well, the only benefit to this is you see your opponent in front of you that you have to kill. Right, yeah, he says, I admire admire the fighter because he's got the one mission and that's it. And that's that's the only thing he's got to worry about. He doesn't have all these other things. It's a fear yeah. that he doesn't know who he's going to have to kill or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And that, and that was the one thing that sparked in his father that stated, look, I don't know how to help you. And yeah. It, and it's it's a, a parent's fear and a fear in general saying, well, how do I help you before you destroy me? You know, it's right. one of those things. You could sense it in the way he spoke it to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's one of those weird things, and and you do have a fear because if he, he already has blood on his hands, he already killed somebody, right? And that opposed him because the fact that in his mind that they were lying, mm-hmm. and uh, now uh, that which leads to, I don't know, my number one was just about the whole window thing with Frank, and uh, but. You know, we could bypass that because we talked it so much. But this also leads into my side notes of what is Lewis making? That bomb. What is it going to do? Where are we going with it? These are all small nodes in the actual episodes that happen with different other characters that become a part of the, the show itself that bring Frank into the mix. Yeah. So where is this going to lead with Frank and uh, what's going on with his mission and what he needs to do and how mm-hmm. are these people are playing in that? Yeah, the the Lewis making the bomb that was one of my my side notes. Um I had a a couple other little side notes as well. It was it, this was and after I didn't think about it until about the third watch. This was one of the shorter episodes uh depending on what what time frame you look at it's about 48 or 49 minutes yeah. uh including in that's including the opening and closing credits whereas the other episodes a lot of the other episodes have been like 51 55 or so minutes so they they packed a lot into a short amount of time in this episode 
that I thought was was interesting. It just caught my eye that it was when it was over. I was just like, oh, it's already done. Like he he shoots. He like we talked a lot about the window, but he shoots the window and it goes right to black, and you're yep. just like, or the the lights come on. He runs off, and that's the end of the episode. And I'm like, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. What's going on? Yeah, cliffhanger. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so that was uh, that was uh, interesting. I. Uh, I don't know if we've seen before the fact that Lewis drives a, a taxi. Yes. Uh, I don't know if we've seen that before or not, but for some reason it, it uh, clicked in my head that uh, like kind of like Travis Bickle from the, the movie Taxi Driver uh, with Robert De Niro that he's – and he's got kind of that same thing. He's uh, He's coming back from the war. I mean he's uh, an army, not Marines, but – Still, and, he, and he's he's kind of got that PTSD thing. Uh, yeah. So I thought that was an interesting parallel there that I hadn't hadn't picked up on before. Yeah, I didn't even check, I didn't think about that. Uh, my first thought was, did he get this from the guy that he stabbed to death? Oh, okay. Was it O'Connor's cab? That could be. I didn't even think about that. That yeah. it, it may be. It may have been. O'Connor may have been a cab driver. Yeah. I I, I don't I don't remember now them saying. What O'Connor's, but you you could be right that it could have just been O'Connor's uh, cab. But then that plays into the same question about the dad. That's kind of that whole dual thing of the dad of being on one hand wanting to help, but on the other hand being kind of oblivious of what's going on. Well, where did you get this taxi cab? Why are you driving around? Exactly. Uh, you know. Um, and the only other note I had uh, was what, what I talked about with Russo was how long has Russo been involved with Rollins? How long? Because he makes that statement about the fact that he's the one that saved Rollins from Frank in mm-hmm. Kandahar, and that's when Rollins comes back with, "Well, you're you're where you are because of me," and and so uh, that's uh, that their relationship is another one. It's it's going to be interesting that we're we're starting to see how deep Billy is in this. Yeah, it's it's. It's starting to thread together and pull together as mm-hmm. you're knitting. <laughs> so exactly, we're, we're starting to get more to the root of what everything is coming to at the end of uh, the series. But we're only what seven episodes in into thirteen. So yeah, exactly. There's still six or seven episodes left here that uh, uh, they've got a lot, and that's uh, that's where it's going to be interesting to see. Like you said, they've. They, they, we went from this this mid season finale where a lot of things kind of uh, closed up, but the same thing, a lot of things opened. And in this episode, we have all the we have a whole bunch more things opening up. We have the Lewis storyline kind of opening up to a wider range, but also uh, so we're, we want to see how that's going to in, intertwine back into our main story. But we also have these other little things. We have Russo. We have Frank. We have kind of Frank's code developing here. So we have a lot of these little sub sub stories that are uh, are starting to come together and in, in intertwine back to the the major thing. Um, we didn't see Curtis this episode. We didn't see Micro's family in this episode either. So those are two subplot threads that we still got to see where the the story takes them. We we know that Madani has uncovered this bug. How are how is she and her partner going to use that to their advantage going forward? 
Are they going to try to use it to their advantage going forward? You know, what are they going to do in this, uh, in this? So we've, we've, we've opened up a whole lot more of the story uh, going forward to these last uh, six or seven episodes. Yeah, the, yeah. the writer seems to be, uh, they all seem to be very good at this particular show. Um, you know, I'm not trying to knock any of the other shows that are out there, you know, from Netflix or Marvel, but this seems to be very well-rooted and very understood and well-written by all the writers that are out there. Um, you know, the only one that, you know, that I could see comic booky that I wasn't really too much into was uh, Iron Fist. But, right. uh, you know, Jessica Jones had its own thing with PTSD okay. or, or abuse. Uh, Luke Cage, pretty much almost the same thing, but that, that came more from somebody from the streets and uh, who was trying to do right and just got messed up. Uh, you know, a lot of these Netflix ones that are pointed more to these uh, Defenders storylines seem to be okay. po- pointing more towards realistic and more human values as compared to more superhuman, you know, you know, okay. you know, Frank has no powers. Uh, Jessica mm-hmm. Jones has powers. Yes, but she still deals with her own humanity and, uh, her own problems that are human. And same thing with Luke Cage. They, they did not know what the hell they were getting into when they got these things. They just happened. Um, but they're still dealing with, uh, things that happen to them daily or, uh, their past. So with Frank, it seems like, like you were saying at one point, he, he's the only one without any superpowers. He's just who he is. And all he has is his military background. Which, right now. Does he show up in defenders? Is that, uh, no, no, he doesn't. Okay. But, uh, they're, they're trying to aim more towards the idea of, you know, the, the small rooted, uh, superheroes, Kind of mm-hmm. like Daredevil. If, if you think about it, you know, it's like they, they mention it in Defenders. It's like, I thought you were blind. Yeah, but he, he has senses other than, right. you know, they're just heightened. That's all it is. And uh, that's what I liked about Daredevil is the fact that, you know, he he's you wouldn't technically call him superhuman because he doesn't have extraordinary strength. He just has heightened senses and and trained his body to be what it is. And you've seen the course of, like, two seasons where, you know, he destroyed himself, literally, right. physically. And he had to deal with Frank on top of that. Right. At, at the end of that season. So, and on top of that, Electra. But honestly, it's like you're looking at more realistic heroes in a sense, whereas not the superhuman ones. Like, you know, you're not looking at the Hulk or Thor or anything like that. But, you know, th- this seems more intriguing to me, like this character in itself seemed more intriguing to me because it was more rooted in uh, literally what's going on daily with our soldiers and everything else that's going on. And on top of that, uh, what we deal with daily uh, as far as like with arms and fighting and stuff like that, um, you know, it, the, the character itself was... It, not more for vengeance for me, but understanding of somebody who has, who wants to do right and what they can do mm-hmm. and within their means. Uh, right. Frank shows that all the time because he can do those things, but he, he needs that moral compass. And yeah, and that's where micro comes in and that's where 
Karen comes in and uh, anybody else who he encounters. Like, you know, uh, if you look at uh, Daredevil when he came in there, Matt Murdock came in and he was trying to show him or guide him in some way. Even, right. Even though it was a little bit, he, he showed him exactly, hey, this is where we need to go. So, uh, yeah. but he just continued on with that vengeance and then it led into his own discovery and learning about, hey, this is what I have to do. So, yeah, you know, th- that's what I love about these shows because they're not rooted more and less of the, the fantasy of superhero, the superhero world. It's more rooted in the more realistic version of what's going on daily uh, in the real world. Uh, it just has that look little nuances but with this particular show it's more or less nobody has superpowers they are just who they are they do what they do and frank is one of those people and same thing with micro micro is like a hero and unto himself uh he he's the one behind frank showing him guidance and helping him and then frank's the doer and he knows how to do it but he also needs that moral compass so it's almost like a team effort and uh that's what I really appreciate about this whole show. Um, I just hope they continue it on within the next season. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I hope eventually uh, they resolve with this season uh, everything that's going on with him and what he's been going through since war until now. And then they would move on to maybe something more uh, intriguing like uh, – you know, the more menacing things like with the Kingpin and stuff like that, because that's more invasive to the community. So, right. Or, or give him more of a, of a, like, um, like the Punisher from the comic books, give him more of a, a, uh, one, like each episode, he would deal with a different threat. Yes. A, a different, like there'd be, I don't want to say a serial killer because that that would take more <laughs> investigative type stuff. But like if you've got a, a gang of robbers that are robbing and killing uh, people, you know, in a city somewhere, he'll he'll go there and track them down and 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 take them out, you know. Or if you've got some, you know, he keeps track of some trial thing where some uh, guy gets off on a technicality and then he's got to swoop in and swoop in and and sort of find the proof uh, for himself, not necessarily legally for the law, but, but find for the proof himself. for himself yeah. and then, and then uh, get, you know, meet out justice that way, uh, Punisher style, or they may give him one big bad, like you said, like the Kingpin or, or like some mobster or somebody who he can then work his way up to through the ranks, kind of like what Daredevil did with Kingpin. Yeah. More uh, so. epi- well, it's kind of like almost the uh, if you think about it, the more episodic. The way you were talking about it, it's almost mm-hmm. similar to what if you remember the Incredible Hulk with Bill Bigsby and Lou Ferrigno right. back in the day. Each episode was different, and you know David Banner went from place to place, and then you know obviously he had the Hulk, but they right. they righted a wrong that was going on within a situation. It wasn't exactly any, you know he wasn't going against the abomination or anything like supernatural or anything like right. that all the time. It was all just something local or uh, realistic. Yeah, but, I'd like to I'd like to see that. I'd like to see him or they could even you know tackle some sort of social justice kind of issue or or something. 
I don't know. Season two, I, I was just looking at uh, looking at my iPad, looking uh, kind of to see if there was any news because I didn't really get a chance today uh, to n- look for any news. And and uh, I guess they're about to start actually shooting the second season uh, here pretty soon or within the next uh, week or few days or they're actually going to start filming uh, season two. So maybe we'll get it before the end of the year, before the end of 2018. Uh, we'll see, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see where they, where they take the character and, uh, whether they, whether these other shows, I don't know about Jessica Jones and defenders and, uh, Luke cage, if they've been picked up, uh, for, well, I could say this, uh, Jessica Jones is coming out soon. They've okay. already had uh, previews for uh, during the Super Bowl and uh, for the second season. So that's going to come out and head out soon. Uh, there's another Netflix one. I'm not sure exactly which. I don't know if it's Luke Cage or not. But uh, they're they're looking to issue these out almost every three months. Right. So, so Daredevil, Daredevil, if they're going to do a season three of Daredevil, wouldn't it be coming out pretty soon as well? Or am I... Yeah. off track on that I, no yeah yeah it should be coming out soon they have uh it's been a while since jessica jones so they're gonna probably put out jessica jones and then eventually probably put out luke cage and i would say during the summer and then okay. daredevil because they like to stretch them out <laughs> yeah they'll they'll probably put that out come like uh the fall Right. And then, well, the uh, nice thing, the nice thing with these Netflix shows, and and this kind of plays into we we had talked uh, a little bit, or not talked, we kind of messaged back and forth a little bit about what to do next. Uh, now, of course, we've still got several episodes of Punisher uh, yeah. to finish up, um, but uh, what to do next? And I had I had a couple of different ideas, no. Jessica Jones, uh, this week to week kind of thing uh, for the new it. season. We could probably bulk the first uh, the first season into like two episodes in one because yeah. a lot of people what they tend to do is binge watch and uh, Jason's been doing this with Westworld cast. Yeah, and I saw that he's doing two. They're doing two at a time, right? Yeah, him and David are really doing well with it, and I enjoy it. I like that concept because a lot of people have this tendency of binge watching, and mm-hmm. the way they're going about it is they're you know honestly Westworld came out like a year and a half ago, and right? It's available now on Blu-ray, and people have had it on demand for a while. So yeah. you know, it's like with Netflix, you can watch it and you can binge watch it. And a majority of the people out there, uh, a lot of you listeners are out there binge watching it, like I do. I wound up watching the whole thing at once, and then going back and rewatching key episodes to say, all right, which part did I miss, and I need to watch that again. Right. Um, you know, I I have a tendency of doing that, and I I enjoy that because. It's always there. You could always go back to it. Not like you would have to pay another, you know, fifteen dollars to go back to the movies and go see it again. Right. Right. But, uh, uh, I actually made a few comments to them on their Westworld cast, but they're doing it in a sense of where everybody's already spoiled. They right. There's no spoilers. Uh, people know what the outcome is, but they're just rationalizing the whole series as it was. But they're doing two episodes at a time and taking the great points out of each and uh, kind of deciphering what's going on. Because with that one, it's more of like almost like a puzzle box. Yeah. You feel like you're in Hellraiser movie. 
But. Yeah, I feel like I I listen. I I love I love their podcast, but the problem is I have to watch the two episodes, listen to the podcast, and then watch the two episodes again to pick up on what they. And I don't know if they've gotten their second one out uh, yet or not. I didn't check my my feed lately. Oh, yeah, it's out. Um, the but second, uh, the second one's or out. the third one. The third one I meant. Yeah. Yeah, the third one I actually made a comment about because I wound up watching uh, three and four. Was it three and four? No, it was one and two, three and four, five and six episodes, five and six together. Right. Uh, one after the other. And then uh, I threw in a few comments and a few things that I thought of based upon what I was seeing. And then, you know, made a comment on that. But, uh, you know, I, I think it would be a good idea just to do that with like maybe Jessica Jones or Luke Cage or whatever. And then uh, just you know, maybe not even just two, you could do three because they kind of roll into each other at certain points. But uh, right. the idea would be to be uh, a good idea to go through the key points of all three and then uh, rounding up the idea of each story. But it's a continuous story. If you think about it for those actual shows, kind of like with right. this, this is a continuous story. We're hitting every episode per episode. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think uh, Kristen and Avelino really wanted to do episode 10. So, right. uh, uh, but they, they thought that was very key and I've yet to go back to that episode. Right. And uh, I, I'm waiting for that time. But uh, I think I, now that you mentioned it and I was, that was going to be my other suggestion was Jessica Jones. And I think doing it, what we could do with Jessica Jones, since you've already watched it and I haven't mm -hmm. is, is do a bulk up bulk thing, like three episodes. It's 13. I just looked it up. It's 13 episodes. Yeah. Um, if we did three, I, I think what we want to look at, and again, because they're Netflix shows, we really, we're not stuck in any time frame nah. of doing the second season even we could do the second season the same way um and like you could i could come at it from the the side of a spoiler free i don't know anything about this this show mm -hmm. uh literally except the fact that it, it's Kristen ritter is that yeah Kristen ritter okay. and david tennant okay um cool i like i like both of them so um and then watch it once we finish – once Punisher is finished, watch you know three episodes apiece uh, uh, per episode for season one. And then I just – again, I just looked it up on IMDb. March 8th is the uh, the potential release date for season two yeah. of Jessica Jones. So that's coming up really quick. I mean, we're talking less than a month, yeah. uh, just a few weeks, a few weeks away. Um, so – Conceivably, once we finish Punisher, we could do season one of Jessica Jones and then roll right into season two of Jessica Jones. And then by then, by the time we finish that one, who knows what will be out. By then, we might be into the summer. <laughs> we'll be, uh, you know, full swing. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead will be back. Uh, Walking Dead will be finished. Oh, I, I just realized that too. <laughs> it's coming back next Sunday. Yeah, next week. Uh, Walking next, Dead is back. Well, the, the um, funny thing about the Walking Dead is that you, you, this Sunday, the twenty fifth, uh, they're coming back. Uh, they end, and as soon as they end, fear picks up, and that's the first. Right. And that's I. I that's I think what we could do. I think what we could do, <laughs> if, if you if you like, is just is just have a short section. Uh, how long are we now? We've already gone over an hour, but uh, have a, a 10 or 15 minute section of this podcast and say, we're going to talk about the latest episode 
of Walking Dead. Whenever we record it, hopefully by the time we record it, we'll have watched the the, the episode. episode yeah. You know, and uh, and then have a ten or fifteen minute little thing about what we thought of that that episode, and uh, then uh, and I know I, I appreciate what you're doing, but uh, we got to get these things out so people can can hear them. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know. <it's> just me. <laughs> I, I with old family stuff and that everything and me getting sick it, it was like it took a side so I have to send all these up uh, to Ben this week so sorry Ben okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank and thank you to Ben for for uh, what he's doing as as well and and as soon as I, I, I I'm kind of with you as soon as I get this Amalto thing I'm gonna go ahead and get it downloaded and uh, uh, maybe I can start trying to help out some of this but, oh, no if you want you know that that's fine with me. The, uh, it's funny too, because we should always send out a, uh, a thank you to, uh, Ben Beck and Next Level Podcast. Uh, you know, without them, this podcast wouldn't be. So we gotta thank Ben for this and thank you, Ben, for having us on. Uh, we love doing these things, uh, as Steve would tell you, and Steve, you're here. You could say thank you as well. Yes. Thank you to Ben Beck and Next Level uh, podcast. I'm, uh, I amazed at what you guys do. I'm, uh, kind of like, I think I, I heard Rima on a, a recent episode of, uh, their podcast, bring up the fact that she doesn't do anything with the episodes that Sean, uh, does a bunch of stuff with it. She appreciates, and I appreciate everything that you do with these episodes. And I appreciate Ben and, and what, uh, uh, his, his people do to get these podcasts out because, uh, uh, I love it. I love it. And, uh, I look forward to, uh, to hearing it and to telling my friends about it and hopefully they can start picking it up and, uh, not, not, uh, criticize me too bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's funny too, because, uh, you know, Black Panther came out and uh, eventually I wanted to get to that, and I asked Kristen recently if she wanted to do something like that, but we never got to that. So yeah. uh, everybody out there, go see Black Panther. Uh, it's definitely a good watch. Uh, I'm hoping it gets some sort of uh, Academy nod or something because the the costumes were great. Uh, I'm, you know, the CG didn't, like, floor me, but uh, the story was actually really good. Uh, there was a few things that I didn't like about it, but, um, I accepted it cause it's Marvel and it's, uh, and it was very well written based upon the context of, you know, uh, people of that culture and, okay. you know, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I, I'm just glad that it was a majority of a black cast. Uh, right. it's like, thank goodness we have something out there that's not predominantly a white cast right and, and uh, honestly I, I i was just loving it you know i look forward person. to seeing it they only had one person in it you know uh, maybe a few but they they're honestly it, it was more geared towards the actual idea of uh you know the black panther itself uh mm-hmm. the characters that revolve around him Wakanda and everything else and it all ties in to the regular MCU but this was a standalone and you don't necessarily have to watch the other 
movies in order to okay. watch this movie. They don't show they don't show Winter Soldier and Nothing. Popsicle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Popsicle Winter Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> no, you you have to wait till the very end credits to see anything of anything that could be spoilery for you for the next movie, but that's all it is. Uh it it just gears up and explains it, it doesn't even really explain anything. It just shows you something to tease you for the next film that's coming out, but it is it's not even that much. But nice. you could literally just walk in, never seen a Marvel film, and then enjoy it. And yeah. then to me, you know, for any who anybody who's of uh that culture or uh any who is anybody who's a black descent would love this. Uh you know, it's that culture's new hero. And I'm hoping they bring out more. You know, they're looking to do a Spawn movie, which to me, honestly, I would want to see in a heartbeat again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the first one was a good try at doing it, uh, having a, you know, a black superhero. But now, and then we've had Blade. We had Blade three times. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then uh, you know, my next thought would be Moon Knight. Moon Knight would be perfect, and then you know, I I would love I would love a Moon Knight, um, and I, I I know the later Moon Knight uh, was was a black guy, um, but I I just like that whole concept of the the original Moon Knight uh, being kind of a, a a you know master of disguise and doing all those different characters and different people uh, that he did, and it, it, kind of the idea of the detective's confidential informant is the detective pretending to be somebody else uh, was a was a, a novel concept. I mean, I think he had what was it two or three different characters he did. He uh, he, he had this uh, he would do his makeup and do like a bum who carried his own tea bag around and would walk into the the diner and just get hot water and then use the same tea bag over and over again. Yeah, and uh, I I just I remember that comic and really uh, really enjoying the idea of a Batman kind of detective character who was his own CI. You know, he was he was maneuvering in those underworld circles uh, as himself or as a schizophrenic or whatever he was. Um, yeah. Oh, that was Badger. Badger was the schizophrenic one. Yeah, That's, Badger. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, have, I actually have all those original comics too. Nice. <laughs> that was a one-off, <laughs> and they brought him back. I may have a few Badger comics. I don't know. I, I need to get. I have a trunk. My brother's house in San Antonio. I there's a trunk that's got all my. It's got the entire run of uh, the Image Comics, John Sable Freelance uh, run, the entire Mike Grell run where he did the whole thing, artist pencils and writing. And uh, then I've got some. I think there's a whole a full run of Scout in there uh, from uh, Dark Horse or whoever did Scout. I don't remember now, but uh, I've got a couple of those obscure kind of uh, comic book runs uh, in a trunk. Hopefully, it's survived. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like I said with Moon Knight. They somebody actually mentioned it to me. It's like, oh. And I said, well, I would like to see the, the black version for the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, it, it, uh, we need a lot more people of color 
in, mm-hmm. in these hero films. I'm getting tired of seeing white people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't disagree. I think. I think the Moon Knight. Any any facet of the Moon Knight character, even if they 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 did the the black the the black version of him, um, and wasn't there. Uh, wasn't there a, a, a part of the run where he actually gained some superpowers uh, yeah, from, yeah. from uh, some experience he had that involved the moon and, and some moon goddess or something like that? Yeah, uh, but I, I was thinking more or less kind of like if they wrote the story in a sense of where he was like the Batman of the mm-hmm. Marvel series, kind of like right. what you were talking about. Uh, to uh, me, I want that. I, yeah, I, I want the that particular version, so that way there's something to look up to. You know, yeah, it, it's not. It doesn't have to be Tony Stark rich or you know Bruce Wayne rich or anything. He just has to be out there doing anything just to take care of his own. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, that that's what I want. Um, well, know, I really liked, and that was for me. That was really the the Batman character. I liked that aspect of the Batman character and the Moon Knight character better than, than anything else was just the whole, the detective side of him. Um, you know, I, I liked the dark and and obviously the, the dark and brooding and the, the beating up and all that kind of stuff. But really it was, it was more, he was, the character was built on the idea of gathering evidence and turning these guys over to the cops and then giving the cops all the evidence. Here you go. You've got everything you need. Now you can prosecute. Um, I always liked that kind of that that kind of idea that he was he was a detective first, and then he was kind of the Dark Avenger after that. And I think the the some of the movies have kind of turned that around to where he's the Dark Avenger first, and then he has the detective aspect. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, the Ben Affleck version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For a while, it was just beat him up. I put him in prison, and mm-hmm. you know, and the next thing, you know, I turned to vindication, where he was, you know, sentencing, sentencing them to pretty much death when branding them and stuff like that. Yeah, but you know, that that's the new series, and I, I think they're trying to stray away from that idea at this point. They're, they, you know, they're trying to make the bat not so menacing, but. Right. Uh, you know, I, honestly, I hope Ben Affleck stays with the series to some degree. You know, he did sign on, but uh, yeah, I thought Justice League was okay. Uh, I, a lot of people, yeah, hated I still it. need to watch it. So yeah, a lot of people hated it. I thought it was entertaining. Now, mind you, I didn't go out to the movies to go see it, but mm-hmm. I did enjoy it um, far more than I did uh, Batman versus Superman. And uh, you know, I'm not a DC fan by far in any way shape or means but i right. do enjoy and i like the characters i always liked batman i always would watch the animated series i would always watch the superman animated series and uh just like spider-man and stuff like that but my feeling was is that with uh dc they like i always say this <laughs> they they fall <laughs> short in the film aspect but the tv series they do well <laughs> yeah and yeah. I, I, i'll i'll, I'll... Uh, you know, I haven't watched Gotham. That's the only one that I don't watch, other than Arrow. And Arrow, I'll watch on occasion. I've heard I've heard good things, and and people keep telling me I need to watch Flash and Arrow. Uh, and uh, um, I just haven't had a chance. You know, Gotham had um, uh, Marina uh, was it Marina Baccarin? Uh, 
was on it for a while or is still on it. I think. I don't know. Uh, that's I, horrible. Like, anyway, I, I don't watch it anyway, so I, I shouldn't speak to who the actors and actresses are. But yeah, Gotham intrigued me for a little bit. I think I watched the first few episodes and then lost interest and uh, I just never could get into Arrow or, or Flash and so we'll see if, if uh, more of these things take off and I get a chance to listen to or watch more of them I'll, I'll do it but uh, yeah well like I always say it always takes time and a lot yeah. of time is never there when you want to sit down and watch these things exactly <laughs> exactly so thanks for everyone for listening I'm Mark And I'm Steve. And this was Panels to Pixels. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Good night.